0: Well, take your Bible. How many, I, I just, I'm just curious about something as our society is changing. How, if you have a, a Bible, hold up your Bible. Okay. Now, how many of you are using a, a phone or a tablet? Hold it up. Okay. For all of you, tablets and phone holder up for people? We're going to pray for you, okay? <laughs> We're going to pray that you can say, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> well, Revelations chapter 2, go to chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2. And one verse in verse 17. When you get there, go, uh huh. All right. He that hath an ear, by the way, it's good to see my old friend Mike Ransvottom and family here today. God bless you. In verse 17, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone. A white stone. I'll give him a white stone. And in the stone, a new name written, which no man knoweth, save with he that receiveth. And that new name is something that we'll come back and address later. But to him that overcometh, I'll give a white stone. That's kind of unusual, a white, white stone. I, I fight devils all my life, and I get to heaven, and God gives me a white rock. Uh, but there's some significance there. Go with me over into uh, Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. And verse uh, 10. What am I hearing up here? Is that a Leslie or something that's humming behind me? Y'all might want to find what it is. Acts chapter 26 and verse 10. Paul says, uh, he can says, which things I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against him. Interesting phrase here. I gave my voice in the Greek. It says, I put in my stone. And when we get to heaven, we're given a white stone. And he says, Paul says, to put him to death, I I, I put him a stone. I cast my voice. I I, I put in a stone. That was my way of voting. Let Let me tell you, let me explain something to you about what's up with these white stones here. The emperor Claudius in 50 B.C., set up a judicial system, and this is how he set it up. It would be a judicial system of 80 jurors. Each juror would have a white rock and a black rock. Black rock meant you were guilty. White rock meant you were innocent. And so at the end of a trial, at the end of an event, a juror bag was held, and each juror would go by and would cuff in his hand whatever color rock he had, he would put it down in the bag, then they would take the jewelry bag to the back and they would count the rocks, right? The judge had on his desk a white rock and a black rock. They would come back and tell the judge what there were more of, white rocks or black rocks. If you were found innocent, there were more white rocks. And the, ju- the judge would take a white rock and hand it to you. That meant you're exonerated, you're free. Or he would take a black rock And hand it to you. And that meant you were going to jail, going to death or something. You were in bad trouble. So, Jesus said, when you get to heaven, I'm going to give you a white rock. I'm going to give you a white rock. Means innocent. And he hands you a white rock and you're thinking, but I'm guilty. He knows that. He dropped the charges. (laughs) and all the devils in hell are screaming he's guilty he's guilty he's guilty he knows that he dropped the charges he's the one that penned the words though your sins be as scarlet they'll be white as snow though they'll be red like crimson they'll be like wool he knows you guilty but he gives you a white rock anyway and you're thinking, but I'm guilty, I'm guilty. And he says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sin. He said, for my own sake, I wanted a relationship with you so bad. I was willing to overlook your sin. I was uh, willing to overlook all that that you did against me. And I give you a rock anyway because I want to have a relationship with you. And, and over in Hebrews, the words are him their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Thank God I got good news for you this morning. He has dropped the charges. He gives you a white stone. is guilty as you was. You are innocent in his eyes. And your past does not define your future. Somebody give God a hand clap for that. I'll say it again. Your past does not define your future. You had to understand he who knew no sin became sin so that you could become sin. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. And here's why because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, and old things are passed away, and all things have become new. I'm not guilty. You can't perse- prosecute me, I'm covered in the blood. You're not guilty, you can't prosecute you. You're covered in the blood and you got in your hand or in your pocket a white rock. And Jesus said I'll give him a white rock. First thing a white rock meant was innocent. I found out another thing about white rocks in the Bible that uh, that I found to be fascinating. The Greeks were big on games, right? Actually, our Olympic games originated with the Greek games. If you were in the games and you won an event, you won one of the events in the Greek games, you received, for winning, a a white rock. They would give you a white rock. You, You exercised, practiced all your life to compete, and you compete, and you win and they give you a white rock. It's kind of like Charlie Brown on Trick or Treat. All the other kids got this candy, got that candy. He said, I got a rock. (laughs) Here's the deal. After the games, after the games, there was a huge, uh, lavish banquet that was set up. And all of the royalty, all of the governors, all of the district rulers, all of the who's who, and everybody that had won one of the games in the competition was invited into that celebration. And the emperor had provided his best in that celebration. He had provided the best food, he had provided the best music, there was laughter, honor was shown to each person that had won. Jesus alluded to this in Matthew chapter 8. Go over there with me. Matthew chapter 8. If you got a rock, you get to go to the banquet. I said, if you get a white rock, you get to go to the banquet. And and In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11, Jesus said, And I say unto you, many shall come from the east and the west. and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. What's he talking about? Many shall come and shall set down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. If you go over to Matthew chapter 26, look at that, Matthew chapter 26. Now, y'all know there's a difference in uh, in, in me and Pastor Caleb. He fits lightning bolts out his mouth. I mean, this man right here can, wherever he's at, he... he he, he 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 he's in the back. He can uh, he he can. I don't I don't I think I don't think he stirs the Holy Ghost up. I think I think it stirs him up. I don't know. He anyway. He's he's on fire. I I have to have some scriptures and turn to him right. But uh, he he just he just hits them out like like a machine gun. But anyway, and I wish I was that way. Matthew chapter twenty six and verse twenty nine. Look at this. Look at this right here. Jesus alluding again. He says, But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day. Notice that phrase. That day when I drank it new with you in my Father's kingdom. By the way, when it drinks it new, when it's new, it's not alcoholic. When I drank it new with you in my Father's kingdom. In that day. They go back over to Matthew chapter 22. And look at this. Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. Matthew 22, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, <clears throat> The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, uh-oh, uh-oh, which made a marriage for his son. Now, if you got a white stone you got to come into the banquet. Let me tell you something. There's coming a banquet day. There's coming a day when all the saints of God are going to sit down to celebrate with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Just like Jesus said. We'll come from the east and the west, and we'll all be there together to celebrate a day. What a day of victory. What a day of triumph. What a day to remember. It's called, listen now, it's called the marriage sufferer of the Lamb. And when you get a white stone, you get to go to the marriage sufferer of the Lamb. If you go in your Bible over to Revelation chapter 19, Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter nineteen, look in verse seven and nine. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the lamb is come, and his wife, who is that? His wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for fine linen is the righteousness of The saints and his wife is the saints, the marriage sufferer of the lamb. I'm going to tell you something. I can imagine that heaven has had a lot of large celebrations. I can imagine a lot of large celebrations have happened there. Enoch arrived, on the arrival of Enoch. The Bible says Enoch was and, and he was not, for God took him. God took him alive. I can only imagine that when Enoch arrived, there was a large celebration. When Elijah, he went up in a whirl, a chariot of fire. You can only imagine that when Elijah arrived, there was a large celebration. When Abraham arrived, the father of the faith, there had to be a large celebration. When when Isaac and Jacob arrived, a large celebration. Moses that received the Ten Commandments, you know, surely there was a, and wrote the first five books of the Bible. Surely there was a large celebration for Moses. David, Israel's sweet psalmist, there had to be a celebration for David. Peter and Paul, Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Surely they had a great celebration for Paul. And how about Mary, the mother of Jesus, when his mother got there, there had to be a celebration. But, oh, I'm going to tell you what a celebration they must have been. But heaven has never seen the likes of a celebration called the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's the mother of all wedding celebrations when God gathers together all in one and one and takes us into that feast, takes us into that dinner, and he sits down with a towel and wipes our feet, and you get to meet your brother. Grandma and your great grandma your great great grandma your great 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 grandma and all of the, all the ones that you went to church with all these years and you're there at the marriage supper of the Lamb and then we'll know for sure how much the Master loves His bride because He'll open He'll open His whole heart and He'll pour out His whole purpose for us to know <clears throat> the big moment at any wedding celebration is when the bride enters the room. They all turn to see her in her beauty. All of heaven will be excited as we enter the gates. Us and the bridegroom. The bride and the bridegroom. The bridegroom. The the, the bridegroom has just written down and gathered us up. Your Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. God's going to sit down on those pearly gates with the whole body of Christ and he's going to say, come on y'all I have a celebration prepared for you. You ain't, listen, you ain't never, you ain't even going to hardly have time to slow down and look at those golden avenues and those houses on them on them hills that go forever and ever you're not even going to hardly have time to slow down and celebrate it because you haven't appointment. You have a, a feast that you're about to attend. You got a celebration that's going to last at least, se- I said at least seven years it's going to last. Can you imagine that? A celebration. Seven year marriage celebration. I'm telling you, I want to be there. I'm not jealous of you. I'll share, share my my uh, my uh, bridegroom with you. He's, he's alright with me. He's alright with you. It's, I'm just glad to be a part of the bride. Huh. Watch this. Revelations 19 and 6 says it this way. It's Listen, it's going to be worth it when we get there and we celebrate. Verse 6 says, and I heard as it were, he's talking about the praise that's going on. I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude. As the voice of many waters. He, he's saying it's like a, a, a waterfall. It's like if you stood at the bottom of Niagara and it- and, and you can feel it shaking. You can feel it shaking. All of heaven will reverberate with the praises for the Lamb of God. And I heard the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready, and to her was granted she should be arrayed, and find linen there it is again clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints I'm going to tell you when we sit down with Christ Jesus and we begin that celebration all of heaven will reverberate and it won't be with the wind blowing over the hills and through the valleys it'll be the praises of God's people and all of the angels of God there's one place in the Bible that says everything under the earth on the earth and in the heaven every creature all the little fishes and all the birds in the air and all the beasts in the field and all the angels in heaven, all the cherubims and all the seraphim, every creature at one time will give God praise. I want to be a part of that (laughs) praise and worship service. Then I want you to listen to this. The third thing that I think that white rock symbolizes if you were a gladiator, if you were one that fought, that a gladiator fought to death, right? After you'd fought many battles, and your age is starting to show, like, like mine is now, and, and you 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 know you might be all scarred up, you might have lost an ear or part of your nose, you've got cuts on your on your arms, or whatever, and you're still alive, you're still undefeated, you're still able to do battle. But the battles are getting harder now. Let me see if I got anybody in here. I said, you're still able to do battle, but it seems like the battles are getting harder now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and there's a scripture. I'm going to read it to you. There's a scripture over in uh, where I want to be at here. There's a scripture in Isaiah. Listen to this right here. This is where we find ourselves. Isaiah chapter 33. Isaiah 33. See, this is what bothers me with all you telephone people. Years ago, when I would call out a scripture and it would get quiet, I could hear everybody's pages turning. <laughs> I can't hear no telephone going nowhere. You know? Laughter. Isaiah chapter, Isaiah, of course I can't hear it anyway nowadays. Isaiah chapter 33, and look at this, verses 1 and 2 says, Woe to thee that spoilest and thou wast not spoiled. Well, you'd think it wouldn't be a woe if you were spoiled and you was not spoiled. You'd think it would be a congratulations. But he says, Woe to thee that spoilest and thou wast not spoiled and dealt treacherously and they dealt not treacherously with thee. Watch. When thou shalt cease to spoil, you shall be spoiled. And when you shall make an end to deal treacherously, they shall deal treacherously with thee. You know what he just said? The day you feel like you don't want to fight, they're going to take you down. He said every day of your life, you're going to fight. And if you, if you think you don't want to, the devil will run roughshod over you. You can't say to a devil, what, hey, today, time out today. We're taking time out today. You, you, can't, you can't do that. But here's what would happen. A, a, a gladiator, after all his fighting, and, and the emperor could look at him and know he's been a champion, but he's getting older and he's getting weaker and he, and, and, he, and he's probably going to get defeated before it's over with. The emperor would give him a white stone. And that white stone is now saying that that gladiator is exempt from any future battles. He's standing there with a rock in his hand. And a word of God in Romans 16 and 20 that says, The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. He's exempt from any future battles. I'm saying that when Jesus gives you a white rock, think about that day, church. The battles are over. The battles are over. It's been tough on you. And you've had to soil to keep from being soiled, And you, you've had to deal treacherously, keep from being dealt treacherously with. And you struggled and you fought all your life. And the older you got, the harder it got. And you kept thinking somewhere there's got to be a breakthrough. But that, that breakthrough never came. The devil never let up on you. And you fought and you fought and you fought. But you're standing there that day in Jesus' presence with a white rock in your hand. And there's no more battles. No more battles. I look forward to that day because I'm going to hear him say, well done. Oh, how about those words? Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Then he says, enter thou into the joys of the Lord. Oh, my Jesus. After a lifetime of battles, after a lifetime of struggles, after a lifetime of doubt and sickness and disappointment, people letting you down and discouragement and fearfulness and lack and suffering through it all, and you hear him say, enter into the joys of the Lord. Enter into the joys of the Lord. I'm looking for a scripture that I somehow have overlooked but I want. I got to bring it into you guys today. I want you to hear this. Let me find it. I don't know how I skipped over this. This is an important scripture. Jesus, help me find it. I will take thirty minutes, Lord. If I have to find it, <laughs> help me find this scripture, Jesus. There is a verse of scripture that says, all through, all throughout eternity. All throughout eternity, you and I. Here it is. Let's go to Isaiah chapter two. After you hear him say, "Well done, good and faithful servant," Isaiah chapter two. This this is a very rich scripture right here because it not only speaks to it not only speaks to uh, eternity, it speaks to the New Jerusalem and how it's structured and how it's built. Uh, have you ever, I, I don't know, I got a curious line. Sometimes I just wonder. Wh- we talk so much about stepping through the gates. But when I step through the gates, what am I going to see? You ever thought about what would it look like? Oh, well, we've got streets of gold. Well, Where they go? What, what's happening? I mean, well, we've got mansions. Well, what will it look like? I want to show you this one verse of scripture right here. Isaiah chapter 2. And uh, start with verse 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days. He's talking about eternity. It shall come to pass all throughout eternity. Watch now. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. Did y'all hear that? The mountain of the Lord's house To begin with, the Lord's house is on a mountain. It's called Mount Zion, and the mountain of the Lord's house will be established in the top of the mountains. Okay, Jerusalem is the New Jerusalem is a city that's fifteen hundred miles square and fifteen hundred miles high. It's it's not a cube. I've read behind some commentators that say, well, it's like an office building. It's just a cube, and it's got 1,500 floors. Who wants to live in an office building 1,500 floors out. <laughs> I'd be on the floor of the air conditioner broke. That's not what it is. It's 1,500 miles square because... There's that beautiful wall that surrounds the city, 1,500 miles square. But we just read mountain and mountains. God's house is on the highest mountain. You just read it. Above all of the other mountains. So my, my thoughts are when you go through the gate, there's mountains and valleys and hills and valleys and hills and valleys that rise, rise continually, rise continually to a center peak which is in the center of the 1,500 miles to a mountain called Mount Zion which is where God lives. Somebody said, where does God live? He lives on Mount Zion. Mount Zion has a crystal throne room floor. His throne is there with a rainbow over it. It's on top of Mount Zion that the cherubims fly. Holy, 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 holy. Say, you can't prove that to me. Yes, I can. Watch this. The river of life, your Bible says, flows out of God's throne, down the golden avenues, and out through the 12 gates. Now, I'm not the smartest knife in the drawer, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Water runs downhill. Did you hear what I said? Water runs downhill. God's throne is elevated on that peak 1,500 miles high, and water runs out from under his throne, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. God, the, the Son, is at his right hand, and, and, and it runs down those golden avenues, out the gates and onto a new earth. Remember, there's a new heaven and a new earth. It goes out onto a new earth. And on the new earth, if you remember, there's no ocean. The only reason we have oceans now is because man's wickedness was so bad that the, your Bible says it, that in the days of Teleg, God divided the earth. You can look at the continents and see where they used to fit together. Yeah, you can. But God divided the earth in the days of Felix, because it was in the new the new earth there'll be no ocean, that we be no need to divide, but there'll be lakes and pools and rivers full of living waters. And you can get yourself a drink. You can get yourself a drink of living water. But here's here's what really excites me about this scripture. Look at it, read on it says, and it shall come to fast in the last days that the mountain of the lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains There, it is real evident and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it and here's what excites me and many people shall go and say come let us go up to the mountain of the lord to the house of the god of jacob there you go it's real plain. his house is on top of the mountain the highest mountain and we will walk in his paths, watch this, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Landon, one day I'll, I'll be walking down a golden avenue, and I'll come past your house, and you'll say, where are you going, Pastor Steve? And I'll say, I'm going up to the mountain. God's teaching up there today. And you're going to say, I'm going to go with you. We'll go by Brian's house and get him, hey, God's going to teach today. We'll go up to that mountaintop. We'll sit down in God's house on God's mountain and listen to him teach. You say, I never heard such thing. Well, I just read it to you. God's going to teach on his mountain. Give me about the first thousand years to just sit down and listen to him. I want to find Paul and I want to hear him teach. I want to find David and I want to hear him do some praise and worship and I want to hear him teach. But I want to sit a long time in God's house and listen to him preach. I want to listen to him teach a long time, a long time. Now, that gladiator, he would get that rock and he was home safe. He had it made. All his battles were over with. It was like a baseball player that slides across home plate and the umpire goes, Say, there's coming a day when heaven's umpire will scream over your life, Say, you've made it. Adam's creator. Eve's promised seed, Noah's ark, Abraham's sacrifice, Isaac's substitute shall scream for you. No more battles. Jacob's wrestler, Moses' staff, Aaron's rod that budded, and Samson's strength will say, no more fights for this boy. David's slingshot, Deborah's song, and Solomon's wisdom, Elijah's mantle, Elisha's double portion, Isaac's righteous servant, Jeremiah's righteous ranch, Ezekiel's man of fire, Daniel's Ancient of Days, Hosea's Faithful Husband, Joe's Restorer of Wasted Years, Malachi's Day Star from On High, Matthew's Messiah, Mark's Miracle Worker, Luke's Son of Man, and John's Son of God, Peter's Rock and Keys to the Kingdom, Paul's, uh, Paul's Father with Power Over the Clay, and Revelation's the one that was dead and is alive again and is and is the King over death, hell, and the grave? He's above everything, so you can't get above him. He's beneath everything, so you can't put him down. He's inside of everything, so you can't shut him out. He's outside of everything, so you can't put him out. He's Jehovah Shammah, our fellowship. He's Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He's Jehovah Nissi, our conqueror. He's Jehovah Siskanu, our righteousness. He's Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's El Shaddai. He's more than enough. He's the name that's above every other name. I wish somebody in here would stand up and give God a praise. Because there's coming a day, he said it, to him that overcometh what I give a white rock. There's coming a day when you'll stand in his presence with a white rock. And that white rock will mean, in God's eyes, you're innocent. It will mean you're invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. It will mean that, like the gladiator, no more battles for you. I want to take some time this morning and give God a praise. There's coming a day that I'll go up the avenues of the golden... And I'll go up, and I'll sit down on Mount Zion, and I'll listen to him talk. And there I'll find... David, and there I'll find Paul, and there I'll find Donnie, and there I'll find some of you. And we'll sit down and we'll say, wasn't that something back in the days when we were studying them scriptures? But Lord have mercy, look how much more there is to it. We, we were so dumb, we thought we knew something. We didn't know nothing. Listen to Paul teaching now. Listen to God. Can you imagine listening to God? Think about it for a minute. Listening to God teach, you're not going to say, well, I don't see it that way. I have people now that tell me that, well, I don't see it that way. I, th- I want to say, well, go read your Bible. Lift your hands, and let's just give God some praise.